Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. What's up? Hello. Um, You watched this episode before me, right? You watched it the last I did time we recorded? A, a, okay. a few weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot how much I really love this episode because <laughs> um, I, I forgot which one it was. And so I was like, damn it. I really wish I could, I would have been able to watch. I was having issues with Netflix. Um, the last time we recorded, it was just being really slow to load. Um, so I was like, dang, because this is like this episode. And then the next one pretty much wrap up the first half of the season. Kind of. Would you say that's true? What part? <laughs> like- what? Uh, would you say that this this episode and the the next one pretty much wrap up the first well, half it, of the season? It, it starts to. I think we have technically there's one after. Uh, I not remember what happens. I, I, I don't. I just I just looked at recently like the <laughs> list of this of the season, yeah. and the other part is it's only a third of it. Oh, it's like a, I don't know if it's a slightly longer season. Like if it's like if it's a little bit I, like 24 episodes maybe or 20 26 or something bizarre but i know that it's divided up into thirds and this is the end of the or the first third is not the next episode but the one following it okay interesting i've yeah. told i had forgotten that it was basically in thirds but yeah we're pretty like well because we got ghost rider i mean like the rise of the lmds like like, like yeah. where they they're actually when they first discover that may is a robot and whatnot and the lmds are taking over and then ada like develops control and then that uh the third the last third most of it like in, in the beginning of it is almost entire at least the first episode i think is almost entirely inside the framework so yeah. it's hydra it was hydra was what they labeled it but it was it was really oh, about the framework yeah. and in the background like the, the subplot in that third was them trying to figure out how to fix it and simultaneously while trying to fix it from inside and from without trying to stop Ada from using the dark hold to make herself into a person and, and like maybe a God. Yeah. Okay. Um, God, this season is so good. Just it's like, jam packed, man. There's <laughs> like, so much stuff, but like nothing's wasted. Everything's important. Like, and like, even though it seems like there's a lot going on, like everything is interesting and it matters and it's not just like, okay, like, okay, here's this plot point again. Like, it's like, Oh shit. Like that was really good. I totally forgot how good that was. It's great. This has been a fun rewatch. I'm very happy. <laughs> um, it's, it's been great. And like, like you said, it's like they, they fit so much in they don't waste anything. It's like three seasons. It's like three seasons of a British show in yeah. one year. It's like they went British style, but they still made the same amount of episodes you'd make in American season. I really dig it, and they 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 embraced it somewhat. Not, I think the last last two seasons because they're shortened aren't quite the same. Mm-hmm. We've only had the first of them, but it, it feels like they're not they're not divided up into into halves or thirds like like yeah. the previous couple. But well, I, I like I, that formula. I do too because it, the pacing is so much better. I feel like I mean not to say that I mean season three is a Lincoln heavy season, so that's like why we were kind of not as happy as we remembered. Yeah. But season one two, and two I think are much better paced than three. Yeah, but I think even I think one and two also suffering suffer especially one suffer some oh my god I cannot talk suffer from some pacing issues not a ton but I just feel like this because this season is split up into thirds the pacing is so much faster it really does feel like three seasons in one because of there's three like 
there's three A plots in this season. <laughs> like, and they do like they set them all up at the in the first like two, and yeah. they all kind of dovetail. They all take a turn in the driver's seat. Yeah, and yeah. like it's it's good. Like, yeah, they do I, they they do they do good work. They really did. They did a good job of taking the the network long seasons, the twenty two episode seasons, and like kind of like pulling as much story out of that as possible like yeah maximizing more, it. yeah really maximizing it and like making use of that much time um because yeah this maybe that's why we really like season four so much is just like i don't know it's it's very good uh before we keep going uh we are a part of the but why though podcast community be sure to check them out on twitter at but why though pc and their website at but why though podcast.com we are super proud to be a part of their community um okay so this is ep- or oh, we're recording at night i'm not i don't do as well at night clearly <laughs> i've been talking all day having some issues um season four episode six titled the good samaritan who is johnny blaze <laughs> ding 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 yeah and and according to robbie who has very limited interaction with him he believes he is the devil himself because i mean yes. he is passing along the devil's uh i mean to be fair curse. if a dude rode up on a motorcycle with a flaming skull head and a leather jacket i would assume he was the devil well, too. but then to be fair though <laughs> if then you are now walking around killing people and taking vengeance and also have a flaming skull and a leather jacket like do you believe that that's who the devil is like you don't like why would you assume that's the devil capital d <laughs> devil if he just if if it's communicable you know well, it's like, like i would assume well, okay so I would say that yes, your point stands until the until next episode because in the next episode, um, Mac gets possessed and then the 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 devil and Robbie have a conversation while the devil is in Mac's body. So no, and, and that's, <laughs> that's why I feel like 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 that's why he shouldn't assume that it was the devil who passed it along as oh, much so as someone like, else who was who had the same deal as him. Like it's a yeah. werewolf curse. Like you don't assume like. It, like let's say vampires are real and you live in a world where Dracula is just like in our world, the most famous va- vampire. Like if somebody is bit by a vampire, you know, automatically go like, Oh fuck. He was bit by Dracula. <laughs> like like you, don't, you, don't, you don't make the leap. <laughs> like, like, and I feel like this is partially because of my specific like levels of nerdity and whatnot and how much, and how much I have invested in the, I think it can't be 15 seasons. It's a preposterous number of seasons that uh, Supernatural has had. <laughs> this is either the fifteenth. I think I think it is it's the fourteenth, but I think it is the fifteenth. It's insane how long it's been going on. So I feel like I have, and there's like I my first favorite non like mainstream comic book because uh, coming out right when I was like like becoming a, a tween or whatever before we had that that nomenclature was was Hellboy. So like I was reading like the Ars Geisha and like like like. The, the lesser key of solomon i was reading like books on satanism and like demonology because my <laughs> parents are rad whoa billy you can't do that <laughs> sorry i hope i wasn't like right up next to the mic when- no that's gonna be a great outtake <laughs> fuck you <laughs> I saw like a shadow against the wall and was like, what the fuck is that? And I turned my head. Billy was standing right there. That's that's amazing. Oh, that's great. Sorry. But, oh, no, no problem. You. Oh, pff, 
that was that was fantastic (laughs) well uh maybe maybe it won't even be outtakes maybe it'll just (laughs) flow naturally uh because it is like just talking about demonology like this is is what the satanic panic was all about like oh shit just just got attacked by a demon because I mentioned that shit. Uh, <laughs> like, this was all my Baptist grandma was like, I knew it. I fucking knew those comic books were you the summoned, devil. You summoned something to my house. <laughs> I bit my tongue all those years pretending I was okay with it, but I knew Batman was evil. He's got horns. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. That, that was sort of her vibe. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, no, I, and it's a, I guess I might as well talk about it now since you brought up the Good Spirit being him. And we know the general, we'll get to the specifics of his origin, but I'll talk about how it differs to start. Uh, in the comics, he, uh, for, well, I think I briefly mentioned before, Gabe is born because of uh, an injury, I think, while still in the womb, he's born uh, paraplegic. Oh. So he, uh, Gabe's uh, paralysis has nothing to do with Robbie. There's no guilt involved where we'll, we'll learn more about the direct relationship between everything and in this episode. But uh, originally, you know, he was just his brother who happened to have a disability and he's very similar character. And he had this car that was owned, he inherited from his dad's brother who was Eli Morrow and a serial killer. (laughs) And, (laughs) and it turns out it's possessed by the ghost of Eli. Okay. Yeah. I remember. So then while he's trying to escape a misunderstanding uh, from gangbangers, basically, because he's, you know, in a street yeah. race and whatnot, and things go wrong. Uh, he ends up, like, in a dead end and in a, backed in a corner and tries to get out of the car and reason with them, and they kill him and then throw his his body on the car and set it on fire. And then the demon version of his uncle transfers from the car, is now possessing both the car and Robbie and brings him back. Uh, later on... Uh, uh, several years into everything when there's other ghost riders coming back and leaving and whatnot. And Robbie, at this point he has to kind of share the spotlight. There's a ghost writer series starring Johnny blaze as the devil. Now he's become the devil. <laughs> so it turns out Robbie was right all along. It was just a matter of time before that white guy became the devil, but he's taken over hell and he's become corrupted. So his brother, who was the second what? major ghost writer, Danny catch He's trying to like save him and stop him. Like he's, it's kind of mostly just trying to stop him. How do you get corrupted when you are taking over hell? I mean, I think he, <laughs> he thought he was going to do it better, you know, and like okay. I won't be an asshole or whatever. But it, like he instantly is like, hey, now I like soul. <laughs> now I like eating them because I'm the devil. But uh, and and like he's like made enemies of all the other like wannabe devils and demons in the Marvel universe, and so so the story in the main Ghost Rider title is about one good former ghost rider trying to save his brother who's also and like he's he's being manipulated by like other demonic and angelic forces and whatnot uh, because they're all vying for for celestial power as it is but uh robbie's story is still going on in avengers and, and during the course of all this uh robbie lo- loses his connection to eli eli either i don't remember if it, if it was johnny blaze or some other devil but they they take Eli's soul and and they're like, yep, he's going to hell. Like, here you go. You should be fine now. Turns out he's just like all the other Ghost Riders. Like it was it, it, in the comics, he wasn't in t- he wasn't possessed by Eli in it, 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 or at least that wasn't what was giving him his Ghost Rider abilities. Oh. It was like Eli possessed him and opened the door for him to be possessed by a spirit of vengeance and then 
even when he kicked him out, he still was possessed by a ghost rider, just like all the others. So it ended up over time. The comics origin began to reflect uh, the TV version a little bit more, which is kind of interesting. Um, And yeah, uh, it's a, it's a really great, this is really great. Like Robbie and Gabe centric episode. And I feel like even though they do have different, different origins, this, it, it still sets up their relationship and their personalities or cements them really well. Like this is a fantastic, this is probably the best episode for, for, for Ghost Rider being his origin story and being a focus on his relationship with his brother. Oh yeah, for sure. I really love how, just like the way that they, they reveal, well, we'll talk about, well, no, let's talk about it. <laughs> I like the way that they reveal how he became Ghost Rider as well, because they're like, here, Gabe, you you say what you saw. And then it's like, Robbie's like, well, everything you saw was right, but there's this other part that you don't know. And it just, I don't know, just like how, how much Robbie's guilt plays into a lot of like what he's doing and the way that um, Gabriel Luna plays that part of Robbie's character is just really well done, I think, in this episode. And then like their relationship, like Robbie and Gabe's relationship and Gabe kind of being like, dude, that's on you. Like, I didn't ask that of you. (laughs) Like I was fine. Like you're the one that's not fine. You're the, you still want revenge, even though you say that's it's, it's the ghostwriter, like it's you. So I don't know. It's just like a very interesting take on that spirit of vengeance. It's like, yeah, maybe you're possessed by that, but maybe that is a part of you too. (laughs) Like you want it there for a reason. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I thought it was just just really fascinating. Like, yeah, I think think so. Or like it sought him out maybe like, there's some reason why it chose him like yeah yeah um yeah i don't know it's well because i don't know it it obviously this is a comic book show so it's like okay yeah that shit is real but also um it just brings to light like the the kind of the the state of like your the human soul and like what it's feeling in situations like this like it's almost like he manifested the ghostwriter to be there so that he could use it as an excuse to you know obviously come back to life but also to be able to live this lifestyle of vengeance (laughs) um i don't know it's no i think that's a really good observation (laughs) sorry i'm my throat hurts from screaming earlier Good Lord. Okay. Let me, let's get into the episode Yeah. before anybody else comes in and tries to scare the shit out of me. (laughs) Um, God. Um, so, um, let's see, did I put something from, no, I didn't. Um, so that we start out in back in the day, (laughs) which I, what also is really hilarious to me is season four has just kind of given up on the, like, this is 1942 or this is like 10 days ago. It's just like sometime a while ago or back in the day or before like it's not <laughs> there's no specific time it's just kind of given up on that the time but but, but now the specific time uh, frame that every episode is set in has the exact same thought and care put into it as the location of the playground yes <laughs> somewhere in america it's like sometime before this we had cell phones and cars probably but we can't we can't be sure of anything else <laughs> I mean, it really isn't an important point to the story, so I get it. It's like, it doesn't matter. It was just before, or it just, you know, the playground is just wherever it needs to be. Anyway, so back in the day, Uncle Eli is going to work in the lab, Momentum Labs, and he is taking the charger there. 
and uh, he gets to the lab and everybody's bustling around the whole team is there and lucy's there and um he's like what's going on and apparently joe has had a breakthrough but really he's just read the dark hold and now they're building this thing um and eli's suspicious he's like you had a breakthrough like what the fuck um and so they decide to test this like thing that joe has made and um the power like kind of overloads a little bit and then everybody's like like this weird like shockwave bursts out and then they open this little thing that joe has made and there's a piece of carbon there like they created matter <laughs> and they're very excited about it like they created matter out of nothing and so the entire team is like drinking champagne and celebrating and joe's kind of explaining how it works and how they want to scale it up to make it big and then eli is like in the back reading like up on the notes of the experiment and lucy comes back there and she's like what do you what's what's wrong like why aren't you celebrating and he's like this experiment shouldn't have worked like like it violates the first law of thermodynamics you can't make something out of nothing and lucy's like well we had help and she like starts to talk about the book and joe overhears her and stops her and he's like no let's not talk about that like i think we've had enough conspicuous it's oh like, yeah why would why would anyone even say anything like that like, it's, it's totally like one of those tv moments where anyone in real life would immediately call you out and be like yeah. what the hell are you talking about <laughs> yeah exactly it was like so overacted there's another uh maybe it's in the next episode where like mace has a moment like that where it's really funny it's like very tv like like oh no, <laughs> slightly <laughs> overplaying the, yeah. the uh, slightly melodramatic, but it's it's effective. Like 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 especially I think like there might even be a side effect of this like accelerated schedule. You know, yeah. like, like, like 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 they got to get through a lot of shit, so some of the characters are going to be really big and broad <laughs> in moments. <laughs> I like it. Um, but anyway, so Joe doesn't want to share about the book. And Eli's like, well, what the hell? Like, I need to know what you're doing. And Joe says to him, just do whatever I tell you to do, which is great because this is an entire team of white scientists. And Eli is the Latinx engineer that they hired to help. So there's some power play. Here. Yeah, and, and they're, they're, <laughs> they're keep, clearly keeping something from him. Yeah, like, barely weird. trying to hide it. <laughs> like, yeah. trying to hide it like you would try to hide it from a child in a yeah. condescending way. At well, best. And I feel like maybe that's the point is like they think of him as less than. And so I think, they're, I think you you're know? probably right. <laughs> like, maybe that's why it's so overacted. Is yeah, like, they're well, really leaning on that. that they're like, it's, it's, it, man, when you put it like that, I think that I'm so prone to judging that shit harshly. But it's like whenever a character who really can sing, you know, unless they're amazing and they're trying to fake sing badly, like yeah. nobody sings badly like those people <laughs> do. Oh, but it's the same way. It's like when a, when someone who's like maybe not like a Shakespearean level or like like Oscar caliber actor, but it's still an OK actor or whatever, is trying to do bad acting. <laughs> it's yeah. like scary how bad it can be. Yeah, like, but I, I think I think that you're probably right. Like there was that element to it. I was maybe judging uh Kerr Smith uh, uh, unfairly that he was actually doing a pre pretty good job. He was just being a racist asshole actually. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I, I just didn't want to assume that the guy who played uh, the gay guy in Dawson's Creek <laughs> you know I thought I, I didn't want to assume that like, like hey I'm used to him playing progressive roles. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not not weird middle-aged racist asshole white guys but he'll play whatever role he has to play. He aged into it I guess. Yeah. Very weird. Anyway, um, so we go back to present day Momentum Labs and um, May runs into the lab. She finds all of the the mysterious agents that are just down. She finds them down. We kind of talked about this last episode. We don't know why they were there. <laughs> um, and apparently Lucy already came and left and um, 
Fitz is on comms or he's like on Skype or whatever with me and he's like kind of he's like hey can you pan over I want to see like what's missing um oh like the cables have been moved stuff is missing from when we were there last time um so they must have come and and taken everything and Coulson suspects that she's trying to replicate the experiment um that they did to undo her ghost uh state um and meanwhile, Gabe is at the Reyes house and he's calling Robbie's work, asking if he's shown up because he hasn't been around for a couple of days. He hasn't been home. And Daisy knocks on the door and he's like, why are you here? And she's like, oh, you know, I like want to take you to Robbie. And he's like, well, something about like, I'm not getting in the car with you. And she's like, "Who?" and then like the house kind of rumbles because the Quinjet is there. And she's like, who, does, who said anything about a car? Um at the playground, wherever it may be, Mace wants Gemma to do something for the U.S. government. Because if you forgot, Mace met with Senator Nadir in the last episode in the car and she wants something from him. So this obviously is something that Gemma is doing for Senator Nadir. And apparently it's secret, obviously. And um, she's like, uh, you know, like, I'm kind of busy right now. Like, can I go get ready? And he's like, um, he's like, help me help the USA help us. He's like being very like patriotic <laughs> for lack of a better term and then he's like well actually you don't have time to go get ready you have to go right now and she's like okay and then they hand her a hood to like put over her head so she can't see where she's going and she gives mace this look and he starts to say his stupid tagline about like a team that trusts and she's like no shut up don't <laughs> don't say it <laughs> um and then she puts the hood over her head and she leaves but she's just like because he she has power over him at this point it's really fun to watch her wield it because he's just like throwing all these like it's like the stupid like corporate taglines that we use in like sales meetings and stuff and it's just like he's trying to throw all these things out at her to like see if he can sell her on like doing this mission and it, she's just not having it she's like no you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good <laughs> um so gabe gets to meet robbie and uh they go up to the zephyr and gabe like kind of scolds him he's like i've been worried about you like he's like why didn't you tell me like why didn't you trust me and uh, he doesn't think that he's the ghostwriter he thinks that he's a secret agent and daisy kind of plays along she's like well that's why he couldn't tell you he swore an oath and robbie's like yeah yeah that's why and no, and <laughs> chloe is maybe i don't know like i guess she's also giving that vibe where she's like act, acting a little bit or condescending a little yeah. but it's so much less obnoxious yes. <laughs> yes. Like, it's, it's much easier to take it is. Um, and uh, Gabe is like, good, because I thought it was something really bad. And it's really sad because the look on Robbie's face is like really like, heartbreaking. Oh, no, just, like, well, you got to assume that even if they're not practicing, like we both grew up in the Southwest. We know that uh, Latinx culture is very uh, like, I don't know. I, I don't know the best way to describe it. It's not anything bad or anything, but just like there's a fascination, even for the people I know who are not practicing Catholics, there's a fascination with uh, devils. Yeah. And, and satanic shit. And like, yeah. like they love horror movies in that culture in a way oh, yeah. that white people don't enjoy. <laughs> enjoy like we, we do. We love horror movies. There's a but, whole like Chicano goth thing going on yeah. in California. Like everybody, all of the Mexican girls that I'm friends with are into the Smiths and what's his name? Like, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Morrissey. Uh, yeah. Morrissey. Like <laughs> you know, it, there's absolutely like, like that's a palpable cultural thing. And like, there's a, there's just like a respect for the devil, and like even the way you know, um, 
like they the, the, the street art was portraying him yeah. it's like like uh that's a very cultural like even the street art it was like a very yeah. cultural thing like, like that, it, it resembles means- saint death who's like a yeah. you know you know a cultural figure it's like i feel like there's there's something inherently like it's not just he's hiding a superpower it's not just he's hiding a quote unquote deal with the devil it's like there's like real meaning and shame and like just shit that like he he probably doesn't want to have anything to do with and might not even be like really personal, but is like ingrained in him. Just like, yeah, but I'm true. guessing it like, like makes him feel shame for this thing that is like he was dying and he, and, and, and he, he of before, calling on God, he called for anybody. Like. Yeah. And he reached <laughs> up and grabbed the first hand that, that helped to lift him up. And then he saw he was a flaming skull. Fan. You know, it's not like he was pleased the devil come help. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like he's somewhat a victim of his circumstance, uh, like you know, like Spider Man or the Hulk or like so many of these uh, science heroes in Marvel. Even though it's not the same freak accident, he didn't get. I don't even understand to this day. I still uh, have problems with Daredevil's origin. It's like he was hit by a truck filled with radioactive waste. So now he's blind. For blind, <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> like, none of that makes any sense. And they tried to make it like had something to do with, like digital shit. In the Ben Affleck version, I remember it was like he, he was hit by like digital toxic waste. It made him super fun. Like no, it made oh, I'm no so glad sense. I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, that's a bad movie. Yeah. Um, but I feel I don't know. But like it just feels like there's this ingrained like there's an l- even like, deeper subtext. level of shame yeah. there. I, we need to talk about that with Kate when we have. Her I can't on. wait to hear her thoughts. Like that's going to be a great episode uh, yeah. in general. Yeah. I, I mean, she's, she's going to just have insight that we couldn't have. And, and I know she's very passionate about the character as well. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm excited. Um, yeah, we'll have to get into that more with her because that's very true. I didn't even think about that, but that's totally like another layer to this that is like, because of who they are, because of their identities as characters being Latinx, like another layer. Well, to, today I was, to, to, today I was, at, um, I was getting uh dinner at a taco place and, uh, the guy before me was complaining about something being too spicy, and the woman at the checkout was calling him La Llorona, and uh, <laughs> and, and 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 she it was like, you know what this is, right? And the guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, do you know? I'm like, yeah. And she and like I kind of helped her explain the story <laughs> to him, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but it's just true. Like these ghost stories are part of that that Mexican American culture, I think, yeah. and it's like. It just make man, it makes it so brilliant and so shitty that this show isn't happening. <laughs> I know, I know. It's terrible. But yeah. The look on Robbie that Robbie gives Gabe when he's Gabe's like, Oh, you know, oh good thing you're a secret agent. I thought it was something terrible, like you were possessed by the devil. Like Robbie's like, Oh, well, I kinda am. <laughs> <laughs> like like, oh, speaking of that, oh yeah. Crap. <laughs> um it, but they the reason uh they even have Gabe there is because obviously Eli is on the loose and they were worried that Gabe was probably gonna be used against him robbie to whatever he they just need to keep gabe safe so this is a you know whatever story (laughs) excuse to have him there um so eli and lucy are somewhere where a lot of power can be generated because apparently that's why the experiment failed before and that's why lucy is a ghost and eli's like look like we gotta get this right like a lot of people could die and lucy's like that's not my problem (laughs) like damn bitch um Meanwhile, uh, Mace uh, calls up Coulson on the Zephyr and he's like, I'm boarding. You have fugitives there. And because um, he knows that Daisy and Robbie are there. Um, and Coulson's like, oh, shit. And so he meets Mace wherever the that 
that deck is that the that the Quinjets can connect with the Zephyr. And Colson knows something's up. He's like, um, like you took you you took half a day to get here just to collect these people, like, and you don't even know if I have them. Like, what's going on? He's like, that's not something that I would do as a director. I know that your time is precious, which I thought was very fascinating because hey, he came from uh the playground and so wherever the zephyr is that took half a day so we have a time frame <laughs> i was just like, yay not that that helps us because we don't know where the zephyr is but <laughs> still, <it's> still, <laughs> still a mystery <laughs> still a mystery but we have at least hey it took you 12 hours to get there wherever you're at um and so uh which wait aren't they in california w- w- you i would think right yeah right? they have to be that's that's where momentum labs is within driving distance He's still yeah. alive, <laughs> right? So it took him half a, well, I guess, if you're t- his six hours. Okay, so it's East Coast, right? That's like, whatever. Right. It's not, it's not important. I'm just like, it's in the Alaskan tundra. <laughs> Apparently. I'm just I'm obsessing over where this is. Anyway, so Colson's like, oh, you're on a wild goose chase. And Mace is like, so are there here? And Gason's like, Gason, oh my God. Colson <laughs> says, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I don't know what that's about. I don't either. I don't know what I was trying to say. I kind of love it though. Gason. Uh, Colson is like, there's no geese here. He's just like super cheesy. Uh, <laughs> And I feel Max like it had to be geese creeping in your brain, and not that you actually think like, "Hey, guys, everything Colson's gay." <laughs> That's the real subtext. Gayson, whatever. I don't know my brain today, and at night in general, I'm not even drinking. I'm just I'm drinking like chamomile tea. Just you know, just how I am right now. Anyway. Mac runs downstairs and he's like, you guys got to get in the module and out of here. You're, you can't be here. Mace is here. Um, and so Daisy, Robbie and Gabe all get in the module and they uh, uh, Mac pushes the button and they go bye bye. Um, and Mace is walking down the hallway as like Colson's showing him around. He's like, clearly there's no uh, fugitives here. We're all good. Um, and Mace starts talking shit about Han Solo and how he's like, he's not really the good guy. He was just he just was always out for himself. And Coulson starts talking about how Admiral Akbar is the real hero. <laughs> no, and I loved it, but I, and I feel like it is, it, it, it's totally in continuity, like with the Coulson that we met in the movies. Oh like yeah. Him being such a fanboy, he's like the real hero is, is of course Admiral Akbar, and it just it's like the guy behind the scenes is doing the hard work, but is also like in the trenches. Like it just feels like he's picking the guy who's closest to him. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like in so many ways, but it was the next part I thought that was actually kind of cut to where Mace kind of had an interesting point. Oh, what did he say? I didn't put it down here. Cause he, cause he said something like, so you think that the shield, that shield operating for the U S government, like in, like in the scenario you, you just described the U S government, is the empire <laughs> He's uh-huh. like, the, people, the people who you work for and that, like, like colson's like he was kind of stumped a little bit he's like well shit <laughs> i thought i had a really good point <laughs> like, like i thought it was very interesting <laughs> that is interesting that's very like i mean because we talk about that all the time as you know as star wars fans like yeah america's kind of the empire <laughs> like no, and and sucks. like that's definitely both time, both of the trilogies that Lucas worked on, that was part of his point. Like, yeah, yeah. there's direct Nazi metaphors. Like he called them stormtroopers. The way that he had them dressed, like, is absolutely not, not, not that. But he also said it was about the U.S.'s involvement 
in in Vietnam initially, and then he said that the after episode one, episodes two and three were about uh, the war in Iraq, uh, you, you know, oh, yeah. and, and W invading. So it's like yeah. he he absolutely thought the empire was America. It's like, like I, I sort of feel like knowing Colson and how nerdy he is, he should have said that. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Colson's very much a patriot and loves right. his country and loves S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's like, it's, you know, it's pro- it's problematic for him if that's really the case. But it's very meta for us because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we agree with that. Like, yeah, Mace, that's what we're saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you, you nailed it. I don't understand what your question <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, So Mace... Uh, tells Coulson about the guy that Robbie killed in prison and he was like yeah like he was in there he was in their first three strikes which is another interesting like political parallel situation with you know the Clinton administration and all that shit which I won't get into right now I feel like it comes back later anyway um and Coulson apparently obviously did not know that this guy was killed because he was you know he was he was on good behavior at this point and Robbie just killed him in cold blood or boiling blood I don't know I'm being cheesy. Anyway, <laughs> we do a, a, a we do a, a shot of the the Zephyr in the air, and the module is just like underneath the plane. It's just like hanging out there, which I was like, shit, I didn't even know it could do that. So they're they're still there. They're just like on the outside of the plane, which technically they're not on this plane. Um, so there's a loophole for Colson. Um, and Gabe is like, why are we hiding? And Daisy's like, oh, it's because of me. Uh, and she's like, so why are we hiding? And Daisy's like. Because um, she's like, oh, I was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then I left and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, well, why is Robbie? Isn't Robbie a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent? Like, why is he down here? And Daisy, like, starts to lie for Robbie. And Robbie's like, I appreciate what you're doing, but stop. Like, I need- he deserves the truth. And so we find out the story of Ghost Rider. Um, and so this is Gabe telling what he knows. Um, basically, Robbie... Um, tries to take uh, Uncle Eli's charger out secretly because he wants to race and win some money. And Gabe shows up like after school and is like, what are you doing? And Robbie's like, hey, I'm going to go race. You want to come? And so I don't, this scene is really like bittersweet because Robbie is playing a, or um, Gabe, Gabriel Luna is playing a completely different Robbie Reyes. He's very happy and like carefree. Like he's not burdened with guilt and vengeance. He's like a mix of three characters from the first Fast and the Furious movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's right before shit goes wrong. (laughs) and it's just really sweet they're just like laughing and joking around and gave you know like um robbie is like talking to him about like oh yeah blah 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 about he's talking like mechanics and gabe is like why did you like not finish school like you're so smart you could do anything and he's like you could be like uncle eli and robbie's like why would i want to be like him he doesn't even drive his car like he just works all the time and he's unhappy like i don't want to be like that (laughs) um so they get in the car and they leave and a van pulls up behind them and follows them. And um, uh, they have this chat in the car um, about, um, oh, I just said that. Oh, they well, the whole point of that was that they start talking about how um, Eli has been acting weird. They're like, oh, have you noticed he's been acting weird? And they're like, yeah, I don't know what's up with that. And so they um, they they pull up uh, at a stoplight and the van pulls up right behind them. Or no, they pull up behind the van. I can't read my writing. I need to separate this. It's too close together <laughs> for some reason. They pull up at a stoplight behind the van and the back opens and they throw a torch at them and it lights the hood on fire. And Robbie like gets them the fuck out of there. He like backs up and like backs into another car and they go up. I think it's the Sixth Street Bridge. Maybe I'm pretty sure, which doesn't exist anymore. But <laughs> um 
Uh, and so they're driving up the bridge and another car pulls up beside them and starts shooting into them. And the bullets go right through Robbie and Gabe. And Gabe is says how he remembers like waking up. He couldn't feel his legs. He's like trying to pull himself out of the car, but he can't. And then he looks out and he sees Robbie on the ground dead. And he thought, or at least he thought he was dead. And Robbie's like, well, because I was dead. <laughs> um, and he said, uh, Gabe says, you know, well, a, a good Samaritan showed up on a motorcycle and he dragged me from the car and then he went and he went up to you and crouched down and then I saw you move and I knew you were alive and it was great. Um, and what actually happened was Robbie was like blaming himself for what happened to Gabe and he was begging anybody that would listen, God, whoever, the devil, um, that Gabe would be spared and he would give anything to save him. And when he hit the street, he died and he said it was just darkness. He doesn't remember anything. And then he heard a voice asking him if he wanted a second chance and a chance at vengeance. And he answered yes. And the devil was there and Robbie was reborn. <laughs> um, and Gabe, as he's listening to the story, realizes that Robbie was the one that killed all the, the gangsters that like went after them. And Robbie's like, no, that wasn't me. That was the writer. But they still got what they deserved, you know, what they after what they did to you. And Gabe is like, no, no, no. Like, I'm at peace with being in a wheelchair and being disabled. Like, that's on you. Don't put their blood on me. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> true that's like where i was going with yeah. like my whole rant at the beginning of the episode because it's like yeah like robbie says it, it's it was the writer but then what he says right afterwards that's him being like yeah no i did that willingly <laughs> um so meantime in, in during, well while all this is happening fitz and may are on skype trying to figure out what lucy is up to and these and they're in the lab or Fitz is in the lab and these shield dudes bust in the lab and interrupt and Fitz is like super sassy and he's like oh why don't you look under the microscope like blah 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 and he's like um just saying all these like sassy British things and May is like oh what's going on and he just starts like ranting about how he like can't get access to things and he's just frustrated because Simmons isn't answering her phone and no one knows where she is and she's like, is something going on between you two? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, wait. Um, it's really cute how Fitz like vents to May because May is probably like, I don't care. <laughs> but she's still letting him do it like a good friend would. It's really sweet. Um, which we haven't really seen the two of them interact a ton like as friends. Yeah, it feels like their relationship is one of the least developed uh, in general. Like, like, and not in a bad way. Like they, they do have a bond, but it's just it is the least I don't know, thoroughly kind of like explored of all the different character dynamics. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to see this, like that she supports him when he, and she like lets him vent to her when he's just being like irritable or whatever. Well, and I think it's, I think it's worth noting that like, that not only does she volunteer to do it, but she also, while there is that vibe that may always has, like you said, we're like, it's not so much. She doesn't care, but like, she'd rather be doing other shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> for, for sure. But I, I feel like, it's different because like we did, we have seen that at different levels where like she has a real she has she she understands Mac on some level and he understands her and, mm -hmm. and she has a she has a, a real bond and relationship with Coulson and Daisy and a friendship with with uh, Jim I think mm -hmm. and and I think that this is like it's something between those relationships where there's something close and the way she was uh, with Hunter. Where it was like restrained tolerance. <laughs> it was like, well, she, 
respect you by the end, but that doesn't mean I want to hang out with you. Yeah. I, I feel like Fitz is like somewhere in between all that. It's like he, she, she genuinely has an affection for him, but a little bit of it is like a, a like not a mother, but like a mother hen sort of thing, or like a superior officer sort of thing. Even where it's just like I take care of this guy because he can't do it on his own. Yeah, and he like needs to be taken care of, so someone's got to do it. And it might as well be me. Like, <laughs> well, um, I, I feel like they had a little bit. Of, of interaction the first season but like that all that shit got waylaid because she got caught up in all awards bullshit and then he was like all of his relationships with everyone except for mac were cut short you know mm-hmm. the first part of season two you know like yeah because true. of what Ward did to all of them like yeah. it's it's he really did fuck up everything he fucked up even the most like basic friendships in their group God, fuck ward <laughs> right <laughs> Well, he'll be back. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just, we're almost there. We're, we're almost to his triumphant return where he's actually a good guy, which is a real head fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> Fucking Mo They're and Jed. So messing with us. They really are. Anyway, while Fitz is whining to me, he like realizes that Lucy is actually looking for a place where, with more power because that what everything that they took from the lab like helped him conclude that, whatever. Anyway. He needs access to these redacted SSR files, but Coulson is busy. So he goes to Mac and he's like whining about that. (laughs) Fitz is doing a lot of whining. Um, And Fitz is like complaining because Simmons is still not answering her phone. Um, And I guess May has discovered that Momentum Labs equipment was originally manufactured at Isodyne. And so uh, Fitz is like, have you ever heard of Isodyne? And Mac's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, May does. So we got to find shit out about it because... Uh, it's it's connected, and we know Isodyne from from Agent Carter, season two, um, yes. which they mention later. We'll get to that. Um, so Mace and Coulson end up in the bottom of the Zephyr, and Mace sees the Charger, and he's very impressed. He's like, "Oh, they don't make them like this anymore," or and or, or he says, "They don't make them any hotter than." Or no, Coulson says this. He says, "They don't make them any hotter than this one." Trying to be funny, um, because Ghost Rider flames, haha. Um, and Mace knows that they're not inside the Zephyr, but he knows that there is something missing in the Zephyr, and it is the containment module. So they pull it up, and he's like. I knew you were actually telling the truth that they weren't inside the plane, but they are here. So he pulls them up uh, and, and Mace is very upset. He's like, you know, you, you kept this from me. I trusted you. And Colson's like, well, like, you know, what do you want me to do? And then Fitz comes up and interrupts. He's like, Hey, I need some signatures, sir. And um, Mace is like, no, we have more pressing issues. And Fitz is like, no, like, we, he brings up Eli and Lucy and he's like, no, we, I know um, how to find them and or, or to find out where they're going, but I just need access to these files. And then Robbie is yelling through the module. He's like, you know where my uncle is? Help me. You know, like I need to go to him. Like I need to be the one that goes to him or whatever. Mace just doesn't care. And he looks at Robbie and he's like, you'll get a fair trial. And he says it in this asshole voice that makes me really upset. And Fitz is like, this is pertinent because what Lucy's doing might kill thousands of people. And Coulson, like, tries to rationally argue with Mace, like, you know, Daisy and Robbie are secure. Like, they're not going anywhere. Like, why don't we deal with, like, the bigger threat and we can deal with them later? And Mace is like, nope. Like, we're not doing it your way. You had your chance. Like, and then all of a sudden Robbie gets pissed and he starts punching the door to the module because the writer doesn't want to be in there. He wants to be out getting vengeance. And... 
um, uh, Robbie's face starts going up in flame and Daisy tells Gabe to close his eyes. <laughs> She's like, close your eyes. <laughs> like, don't watch this. But this really, really this part annoys me though, because of what follows that, like, what, like mm-hmm. because the way it all goes down. Cause he's, he says like, no, no, I need to see this. Yeah. And, and then, then he like, gets pissed. Like, yeah. And then when it all, when it all sh- is shaken out, he's like furious with him and like judges him and, and, and he totally sees him differently. And it's like, you already knew what happened. He admitted it. Yeah. Like he, he could have kept going. Daisy was trying to keep the spy thing going when he mm-hmm. finally admitted it. She's like, no, no, totally a spy. Like, like she's still, <laughs> she's still trying. He's like, God, no, I'm not a spy. <laughs> like, yeah. like, so he did admit it. Like he, he didn't admit it like freely. He, he was under duress, but at the same time, like he didn't, he didn't keep trying to hide it. Yeah. And I feel like it's totally unfair and very realistic, even for a mature 16 year old who's like gone through some shit and, and has a good head on his shoulders. He's still a kid. Like, yeah. so it's, it is still, it's within reason that he is, uh, is reacting the way he is and is emotional and dramatic and whatnot. And it's yeah. all like, and it is like tied to the thing to the night he was paralyzed, even if he's forgiven him. It's yeah. like forgiven these guys and just the whole thing. And he's gotten over it. You it's know, still you know. tied to a huge traumatic event in his life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, like, like, like definitely not, 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 not to say, you know, he struggles not to infantilize or to, uh, I, I don't know, uh, uh, put an unfair i think pressure on his disability because like he said he's he's okay with it he has accepted it but like but like you just put it perfectly that traumatic event still is is gonna be always there it's like i'm it's not even close to the same thing i feel like it's like the weird third cousin twice removed of that situation like my accident like left me with ptsd and i'm physically fine but i'm not going to be able to ever get behind the wheel of a car without having a panic attack like that's like even with a lot of therapy although there is stuff uh, weirdly with microdosing like lsd that has been used to help ptsd which is really bizarre because it's been uh, like every kind of PTSD, like and different psychotropic drugs are effective for different kinds for like people yeah. with military PTSD. There's the, like Molly too that they they use. Yeah, though they use Molly and psilocybin, like like mm-hmm. like the the chemical that is derived from mushrooms. Like it's very interesting because like they have and they have radically different effects. Like like and what was it, just like any other you know uh, situation with uh, comorbidity or things like overlapping but not being exactly the same like one medicine is really bad for one form of it but helpful for another Mm -hmm. but like they've like they they don't like to say cured but like there are people who literally have gone from having the worst instances of it to being having no yeah Yeah. having having no outward uh symptoms anymore like just living their their lives as if it was gone like like and it might come back but it's just that's still like amazing and like like uh, like like having nothing to do with that like, like just uh, part of my therapy w- was accepting that that's the way it is but that doesn't mean that the trauma is gone like like yeah. like and like i can't h- judge him too harshly but just in that moment because it is a tv show because it is done so shortly you know and it's a short period of time that like less than five minutes before he's like no no i need to see this someone was trying to spare spare you this added trauma 
Yeah. And you brought it on yourself because you thought you were grown up. And then you thought you could get really it. pissed off and throw a tantrum <laughs> about it. Like, even though I totally get where Gabe is coming from, I also feel so shitty for Robbie. It's like he, this is, this I feel like is the worst night of his life. But like, yes. like, 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 like the like night that finally, everything happened was, was, but this took the cake. <laughs> yeah. Like he finally is able to tell his brother who he is now. And his brother rejects him. And he felt like he was doing it all for him to begin with. And, it's, like, and, oh. it's not fair to Gabe, but Gabe is Robbie's entire life. Really <laughs> like that, that's, it's not, that's not fair pressure to put on anyone, but yeah. it's still, the, it's the way it is. Like, like, yeah. like, you know, he didn't ask him to give up his life for him, but he did even before the accident. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he's just a good brother. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, so, uh, well, what happens right after like the writer comes out, uh, cause he like breaks through the freaking module and Fitz is oh, like, so that's not badass. possible. Like <laughs> he, what's he, happening? He, like, like, like he like, he assures Mace. He's like, <laughs> it's adaptive polymers. <laughs> like, like, like it's the most sophisticated technology we have. Like it's, yeah. it's fine. Well, well and it's funny because Mace asks guardians and shit before. Yeah, it well, it's funny too because Mace asks, he's like, "Is he an inhuman?" And Coulson's like, "Well, he claims he's been possessed by the devil." Um, yes, and it's the, like <laughs> the night we recorded this, I tweeted that out while I was on my way home. Found uh, a, a gif of him just like having his face burn away. <laughs> I had that exact. I tweeted that exact quote because yeah. <laughs> is, is so good like because uh, mace asks him yeah. like like you said is he an inhuman and he says claims he made a deal with the devil uh fitz comes it comes in with which is nonsense <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like totally super confident like like that's not real he goes you know the rationalist in me wants to agree but skull on fire presents a pretty compelling <laughs> argument for hail Satan. Says, which, and then like, he busts out of the module and Fitz is like, that's not possible. Yeah, he <laughs> like, immediately <laughs> proves Fitz wrong. I, I, I do like they managed to even while Colson is being coolly skeptical and, and giving his like weird dad slash action hero li- like one liners, yeah. which is perfect given like where those one liners came from. But they're all like, from Bruce Willis and shit. They are from people yeah. who are like the ultimate dad joke now. <laughs> like, yes. But, but uh, I feel like even when he's able to not be sure of what's going on, he still manages to have like the, I'm right. <laughs> like, I'm the boss. Somehow, somehow yeah. I'm right. I don't want to be right, but somehow I am. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so like Robbie gets out and Mace runs up to him because he's like, I can handle this. And <laughs> Mace throws Robbie to the ground and they fight. And it's like an actually really good fight, like with like the flaming skull. And like Mace is just like, he's actually doing, he's holding his own. But then Robbie starts beating the shit out of Mace. And Coulson's like, no, Robbie, stop. Like, that's enough. And Coulson gets thrown to the wall and... Daisy tries to take Gabe away and Gabe's like, no, I need to, this is when he's like, I need to see this. And Colson kind of looks to Gabe and Gabe's like, okay, like now it's my turn. And so he starts calling to Robbie and he's like, stop, like this isn't you. And then Rob, somehow Robbie hears him and he stops. And then Gabe asks Daisy to take him away. And Robbie's very sad. <laughs> like oh, like yeah, you said, just, worst night of his life. <laughs> it's I, I'm I, when I when I tweet this one out uh, in a couple weeks when this episode's released, there, there are two Simpsons gifts I'm going to use to capture oh, no. this whole this this whole moment. One is a scene uh, where 
a bunch of kids are watching a guy in a fight, like just beating a guy unconscious. And it zooms out to the kids. And one of the, one of the kids is, is talking while all the other like little children are crying around him. And he goes, stop, stop. He's already dead. Oh, no. And he's, he's not dead, but it's, yeah. it's like, he's, he's being traumatized. And the other one is when Ralph Wiggum has his heart broken by Lisa and Bart oh, freezes. It. He's like, this is the exact moment. <laughs> he is heartbroken. He pauses it on TV. And like, I feel like we have that same moment for Robbie, yeah. like, because it is, it's his whole world is just falling apart. It's like, like, and like you said, like he almost had a chance to fix everything in a way, like to have some semblance of, of like resolution where everybody know everybody he cares about knows what's going on and they're all on the same page. They can be honest at the very least. And now it's like now nothing total rejection from the only person he cares about. Oh, that's so sad. Um, Fitz is, well, after this happens, uh, Robbie calms down and everything's fine. Everybody's kind of like, Oh, that happened. (laughs) That happened. Uh, Fitz is pissed because of all the red tape, um, that he had to go through to get access to the SSR files he needed a signature for. Um, and so he's venting to Mac now. And Mac is like, do I have to pretend to be outraged or can we get to it? Which is like so great. It's like the the contrast between him and May. May is very much like, okay, like tell me what you need to say. And Mac is like, I'm here for it, but like, do I really need to be here for it? Or can we like get to the point? <laughs> like, and they have that, like, that that the relationship that will hold up to something like that. Whereas I think if May said that Fitz might get his feelings hurt. <laughs> <laughs> May is like such a different person. Um, and Fitz, uh, Fitz mentions that he's worried about Simmons cause he still hasn't heard from her. And this is where we, he um, talks about Peggy Carter finding Isodyne and, and they talk about zero matter slash dark force. And Mac is like, is there a focus group for evil things? Like who comes up with these names? <laughs> And uh, we find out Isodyne doesn't exist anymore, um, but it was acquired by Roxon. And haha, guess what? There's an old Roxon plant nearby that shut down. And so Fitz thinks that Lucy is at this Roxon plant because it can technically generate enough power for them to do the experiment. And meanwhile, Coulson is trying to talk Mace down about Robbie. He's like, look, like, you know, he's, you know, we're cool now, but we need Robbie to get to Lucy. He's the only one that can destroy her. So let's just you know, deal with it later. Like do what we have to do now for the mission. Um, meanwhile, at rocks at rocks on Eli is doing Lucy's bidding. Um, but he's like, this plant was shut down for a reason. Like we could blow up at any, at any time. Um, and apparently we find out that Joe hired the thugs to go after Robbie and Gabe. Um, and back in the day, uh, Eli snuck up on Joe when Joe was reading the book and Joe went nuts. And um, Eli was like trying to talk to Lucy and she's like, he's like, what is going on? And she's like, our goal is different now. And apparently Joe wants to be a God. He wants to be the one that can actually create matter himself instead of having this machine do it. So uh, and Lucy is also convinced that the book came from God. And Eli says, no, it came from the devil. There's <laughs> a theme going on in this episode. But um, I also like that he's still trying to take it for himself. Like, anything yeah. wrong. <laughs> but, like, it's not, there's not a simple, like, he's he's not the simple evil character he is in the comics. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, that's pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, no, you're wrong. Well, it's evil. And I, I, I won. <laughs> like, like, I had. Well, okay, we'll talk about this when we wrap this up because I have things to because I could I completely forgot that he was the bad guy in this. Like I didn't remember how this resolved. I just knew that like like the ghosts died and like 
whatever. But I didn't remember it ending like this. So Colson, uh, May, Mac, Robbie, and Fitz all go down to Roxon, and Daisy can't go because she's injured. And she's like, hey, I have some bad news. I can't hack into their system because it predates the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so imagine that. And so you're going in blind. Good luck. Um, and so um, – uh, May sees that Robbie's there and she's like, what, he's, what is he doing here? And he's like, well, somebody has to get Eli out alive and Robbie's here for that. And May's like, well, who's going to like take care of Robbie? Which is a good question because no one has control over him. And it's interesting because right after that scene, we go to a scene with Daisy um, and she's talking about how she wishes, you know, she's like, oh, I wish I was down there instead of like on injured duty or whatever. And so it's like, there's this, I feel like there's this this hint that like Daisy is the only one with a, a, a good enough emotional connection to Robbie to influence him to do things, which well, it feels like it's twofold because she's the only one of them left with poor, poor dead Lincoln, you know, uh, with superpowers mm. mm-hmm. uh, and the only one with a real connection. So yeah. like, like, like everyone else uh, with the exception yep. of, of their head boss who they probably don't want in the line of fire Mm-hmm. And who, to be fair, just got thrown around like a rag doll. <laughs> you know, like, like it feels like she's the only one for a couple reasons. She could get through to him. She hasn't given up on him like his brother, and she's got the firepower to back it up. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, it's very sweet when Daisy's like, "I wish I was down there," because it's like her and Coulson are talking on comms, and it's like it's kind of like the good old times. It's like they're back to being a team again and Daisy's like I wish I was down there and then suddenly the comms go down and they're on their own Lucy shows up and Robbie's like I'll take it from here you guys go ahead and they're chatting and she's like oh I know who you are blah 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 you're his you're you're Eli's nephew Gabriel like the angel and he says no I'm the other one and the writer shows up <laughs> oh this angel devil shit is just like I'm, I'm getting a kick out of it um, no, they, they do like it and I, I, I feel like we've I mean We've given them shit. I don't even know how many times about the title for tracks. Uh, we, we we know they're capable of being very cheesy, but yeah. at the same time, like I feel like all of these devil references and, and whatnot and like plays on words in this episode and in general in this third of the season, like they're obvious, but they're not like they're not beating you over the head with it for the most part. You know? No, and they're not. They don't make me roll my eyes. It's yeah, just like, exactly. I think it's the way it's delivered too, because. It's a fucking skull, flaming skull head that appears after he's like, no, I'm the other one. I am the devil, not the angel. You know, like, I don't know. It's just kind of a your suspension of disbelief just like pops up in that moment when when the when that character shows up. I think you're right. And I feel like <laughs> like it's I like it because I I do think that if it was Nick Cage doing the same line, <laughs> it would be believable. Like it, it would work and feel authentic, but it wouldn't have the same meaning yeah <laughs> like with, i with, know with, you know <laughs> well i think robbie's character is just very much more grounded because of this backstory that we know now oh, absolutely and like all of the, the emotional f- shit that's going on between him and gabe and eli and like yeah no, i mean the character of johnny blage blaze blage <laughs> the character <laughs> of johnny Bla- gason and blage that's right that's right <laughs> that's that's, that's the spinoff uh, he, you know, he has a somewhat tragic backstory. You know, he lost uh, the love of his, of his life, uh, Roxanne Simpson, and he uh, lost both his mentor and before that his father. You know, at, but at the same time, he was fucking evil, Knievel. Yeah. So like, he wasn't yeah. on the hard streets. Like, like he was a bit of travel. He grew up in he, a traveling he was an adult. circus. He wasn't yeah. like a kid. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and he grew up in a traveling circus 
apprenticing a fucking motorcycle stunt man. <laughs> like, like, like he had kind of like the best life, <laughs> like, yeah. like the most idealized kid fantasy life. Whereas Robbie had a very real shitty life before he got taken over by the devil. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, they both got taken over by the devil, but one of them got to be literally a fucking uh, like like stunt man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like. Oh, <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention when we were like t- when I was going over like the Good Samaritan, it is implied that that is Johnny Blaze. Like it that- is. He looks just <laughs> like him from the movie and everything. It's, yeah, just- has the motorcycle, like everything. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. It- he screwed him over. <laughs> like, like, hey, uh, high school kid just had a high school. I'm yeah, screw you over. Well, and like that's the other thing. Like, like it said some time ago, and they're they're not specific. It feels like it can't be that long. Yeah, I know. Like, like I feel like they want it to seem ambiguous so that we can feel like Eli's done time longer. But, but Gabe is only sixteen, and he he's in high school. Like, yeah, he's talking about we talk about trying to trying to like go to AP classes and like well, he's and, at least and, and 14, going to Berkeley 15, and shit. Yeah. yeah, right. Like he's already in high school, <laughs> so he's mm-hmm. the. Like you say, like it can't be more. Maybe, maybe he is taking classes or you know high school classes early or college classes, AP classes ahead of it because he's a on an, on an accelerated academic track. He is a smart kid. And they they make a point of it, like that he's working really hard. But even then, minimum he's fourteen. Like he doesn't. Yeah. It's not believable at thirteen. No, he so yeah. like. <laughs> It's been like a six year old kid playing at 13. <laughs> it's not that crazy at all. Yeah. But I know it's true. It's like I, I the original uh, 90210. Oh, God. I know. But, uh, or even, no. um, Saved by the Bell was like that too. I was like, no, and it was so, I, I, I heard something about that relatively recently, like in the last year, about how, like, Dustin Diamond's life, the kid who played Screech, was fucking a living hell. Because I'm he sure. was the only one who was the right age. Everyone I'm else, sure. like like the other two, like Lark Voorhees and, and Mark Paul Gosler, who were there with him from the beginning, were like a year older than him to start with. Mm-hmm. Then they went through puberty and got really good looking, and he yep. didn't. Then yep. they hired the other two people who are like models and shit, you know, and, the, yep. and Tiffany Amber Thiessen and whatnot. It's like, so like he and they weren't in real school. They were on set all the time. So like he got all the same shit that a regular nerd would get in high school, but from from the cast Actors, of Saved by the yeah. Bell, from the most like good looking like like wanted teenage sex symbols in America or whatever. It's like it had to be fucking insane. So like there's something to be said for casting 27 year olds to play to play 14 yeah. year olds because they could deal with that shit. It's like some yeah. if a 16 year old gives them a hard time, they're like, I'm gonna go home to my wife. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm fine. I have a job. Like yeah, I have whatever. a mortgage. Hollywood's expensive, like, like you know. Yeah. yeah, I was like, listening to um an, a Fresh Air episode where um who's the the guy that plays Hopper in Stranger Things? I'm like, oh, David name. Harbor. David Harbor, and he he was talking about what it's like to work with teenage kids on set, and he's like, yeah, it's weird because they like try to talk to you about stuff, but you're technically coworkers. And they're underage. And so they try to ask you questions. And you're like, no, no, no. I can't talk to you about that. Like, go ask somebody else. That's really funny. He's like, yeah, they're kind of annoying sometimes. You're really protective of them. But also, like, they're your coworkers. (laughs) A weird line. (laughs) Like, that is really weird if you think about it. The John Mulaney thing uh, on Netflix? (laughs) Yes. I I, I saw him uh, talking about it a little bit with Hassan Minaj. 
And uh, on, on Hasan Minaj's show, I, I'm like the supplemental stuff they have mm-hmm. where they have like extra long uh, interviews that aren't on the episode but are on YouTube, yeah. on his YouTube channel. And he was talking about doing the interviews with the kids. And he's like that when they first set out to do it, he's like, oh, I'm going to ask them about what their life was like in relation to like what my life was like. And he had all these questions that him and, and the woman who uh, co-wrote it with him, I can't remember her name right now. I feel badly, but they, uh, they were like based on them as kids who went to school and they're just, all of them are like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, we don't go to school. <laughs> like, none of us go to school. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're actors. Yeah. It's like, oh, right. <laughs> like, none of you guys know what it's like to be a normal kid. But it's like, with the, he's had the best time. Like, talking to them like because they are they because even though they didn't have that context like that they were still really normal and like all of them like were really smart and it, it, it just cracked them up and whatnot but uh it's <laughs> that's so weird it, to think about but it's true it like, you know it is and like you like you said like that relationship between adults and children who are working a, a job yeah. <laughs> and, and who have like really strict laws like like, like oh if yeah they're underage like even those kids on a stranger thing uh, Stranger Things, like the the distance between their on site caretaker or guardian, like like it's within a certain number of feet. Like they yeah. can't be, it can't be certain. They can't be a certain amount too far away from them because it's mm-hmm. like who knows what the fuck somebody could be getting them involved with. <laughs> yeah, I know that's crazy. Um, where am I at here? Let's say no. Don't have, have to worry about that with uh with the guy who plays game. <laughs> I know. Probably getting dr- drunk with the cast afterward. <laughs> Well, I just think about like I started working when I was 16 and my boss, I worked with a bunch of, you know, people that were in college. And for whatever reason, I was hanging out with like 23 year olds when I was 16 going to parties. And I look back at that. I'm like, why were you hanging out with me? Like, that's really gross and weird. They were weird. (laughs) From their perspective, it makes sense. But to this day, we're still friends. So it's really funny. I always ask them. They're like, oh, I don't know. I thought you were older. Like, (laughs) makes sense, though, if they did, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. That that is funny. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so um, Colson and May find room where experiment was going on and they find the dark hold and may is like i need you to do something i need you to take this book and go you're the only one i trust which when he says that it makes me really sad because it's not really may <laughs> it's the, it's robot may you're the only um, one i trust robot may right? um Maybe. and mac and <laughs> yeah so sad in that this moment whole, oh god yeah. the next episode is really sad too because there's like a whole like kind of romantic undertone to it with the two of them and it's not her one of, one of the first <laughs> one of the first most explicit yeah for sure felinda in full full throttle felinda um mac and fitz meanwhile are trying to shut down the plant and they can't and fitz is like maybe they use that book to like do something and mac is like what <laughs> did they put a spell on it this <laughs> is like no like maybe there's like new information in there that we don't understand like i don't know and then mac is like what about those EMPs from Miami? Like, can we use those to maybe shut this down? And um, apparently there's one on the Zephyr, but they don't have comm, so they can't have Daisy send one down. So Mac has to physically go and get it. Um, meanwhile, Eli finds Colson alone in the room. And uh, this is when we figure out that Eli is evil. <laughs> and since he's from the Darkhold, he locks himself in the container. And he, like, wants the experiment to continue. And Colson's like, no, what are you doing? Um Lucy tries to walk through Robbie and he grabs her hand and she's like, what the fuck? Um, And then Lucy's like, whoa, like maybe you think that I'm to blame for all this, but your uncle is the reason why all of this is happening. He turned all of us into ghosts. And it's like, oh shit. And then Robbie kills Lucy anyway. Um, 
Coulson figures out Eli is the one that who's behind all of this. And he, you know, figured out he was working from within prison to like get all of this together. Um, the machine gets turned on and Coulson Fitz and Robbie are still in Roxxon when the experiment goes off. And there's this like blast that happens as May is like running back um, with, I think Mac is with her too. May and Mac are running back. Um, Eli made it out. Okay. And now he's a God. He can make things. And um, Coulson Fitz and Robbie are nowhere to be found. I did not remember that Eli was turned himself into God Eli. <laughs> like I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Um, I, I remember that part. It's the thing that well, I won't talk about it all because it's the premise of the next episode. And we'll, <laughs> it's what we're going to talk about for the entirety of the next episode. But mm-hmm. I forgot about that part like entirely. And it's like a trope in sci-fi and fantasy like it's something that i've seen i think a hundred times before maybe maybe even since <laughs> you know in the like year and a half since or whatever uh but it, it's uh it's a great one and like they do they do a really good job with that with that stuff when they do tropes they do a good job reinventing them or reinvigorating them yeah for sure um i feel like i had something to talk about but i don't remember um so i feel like we can end here <laughs> unless you have did you no, have a comics thing you wanted to talk about well, there was a vague, there's a vague connection, um, but I feel like it's just all going to be like it's it's not going to connect to anything. I'm imagining the people I know who haven't watched Shield yet, and then thinking, okay, now I'm going to describe something that doesn't even exist in Shield and only in Agent Carter. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I'm going to save that. Thinking there's there's so few episodes of Agent Carter, we might do that yeah. <laughs> when we're done. Well, the one thing that I can think of is like the next episode reminds it's like links back to an episode of Agent Carter where like her love interest, like for the the season two, was like in that weird like right in, in the same thing, and thing. it does connect yeah. to her. The woman named Whitney Frost, who's kind of like one of the main villains in agent carter and runs isodyne mm-hmm. she is a character who is madame mask uh who is uh god, god. <laughs> it's not her real name her last name her fake last name is nefaria i believe oh okay <laughs> yeah uh who who of course because she was adopted by a villain named count nefaria oh of course who, uh, but she's she's Dude, an I iron remember- man villainous Oh, I I totally forgot that she was the villain. She was like a scientist, a lady scientist. Yeah. I totally uh, forgot about that. Lucino Nefaria is the <laughs> evil bad guy who she's the daughter of. Cool. And uh, her her real name is uh, Julieta Nefaria, but she legally changed it to Whitney Frost to like, and then she posed as Whitney Frost to become a bad guy to then pose as Chrissy Long fellow to infiltrate stark industries like it's the most <laughs> convoluted yeah like, but base basically it's like she, it's like palpatine creates snoke to influence kylo ren to like yeah, <laughs> yes and and here's the best part is amongst all of this she gets a disfiguring facial scar so she has to wear a metal mask that's like a mold of her be- once beautiful face oh, uh go- a golden a pointed mold uh, with rivets that like, I don't know, I guess attached to her face. Like, like the rivets oh. make no sense on the edge, but uh, she wears so this mask. She's like Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> she is like Phantom of the Opera and it's like Dr. Doom, but there is not, there's, they don't need the subtext of Dr. Doom and Mr. Fantastic, not just hating each other, but wanting to fuck each other. It's actually explicit <laughs> with, with, with her and Iron Man, like, oh. you know, like the Batman Catwoman thing, like, because mm-hmm. they actually do have sex uh, because Tony Stark, 
that's just how he rolls. <laughs> good, <laughs> good guy, bad guy. <laughs> the, you know, they've done, they did a whole arc. I've talked about it a little bit. Uh, I think I mostly talked about it when we talked about Captain Marvel, but uh, about how there was this great arc for him, and they actually had a similar one for Carol in the comics where Tony uh, had to deal with his alcoholism. It was called mm-hmm. Demon in the Bottle, and it was done really well, for, especially at the time, like in like the late 70s, early 80s. It was not something that comics were just kind of experimenting with more heavy stuff in the superhero genre, and it was cool. But uh, that being said, like they never have addressed like how Tony has got to be swimming with STD. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm all for being adventurous and whatnot, but the combination of a guy yeah. who was so alcoholic that he literally, the reason why he stopped drinking was because he went out drunk with the Iron Man suit. And like, he almost like fired a nuclear blast at somebody while drunk. And like the, <laughs> almost, he almost nuclear blasted the wrong guy. And it's like, Hey, I can't do that. You got to think he's fucked up with sex. Oh, like, yeah. like he did not behave as a, as a responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's funny that they've, for whatever reason, they've never chosen to go that you route. Know, maybe that is the next round of Marvel. Like we need to explore like safe sex and like sexual health and sexual it, freedom. Like, <laughs> I, I know that we have medicines that we didn't have before, but it's just weird when we were growing up, every rap song, at some point, LL Cool J would mention that you had to put a condom on. <laughs> everyone mentioned safe sex i felt like they were they were massages they had a lot of flaws but on that and that end they were like responsible and i feel like that kind of just disappeared from our culture yeah it has <laughs> i feel like i just watched something recently where like condoms were heavily featured maybe it was a book i was reading i think if, where I, think I was if, like it was like oh that's i'm glad that they're doing that again <laughs> like i i read somebody complaining about it in like an action movie like, <laughs> like why do they like we know blah 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 i'm like hey man kids are idiots like okay. i think it's probably a good thing can i just say that in 2017 the rate of chlamydia and gonorrhea went up 217 percent in what a year the fuck because so I pr- yeah <laughs> like, because so much yeah, it's insane. So somewhere the whole safe sex thing is not connecting with whoever because I don't I I think it was like all ages. It wasn't just kids. It was like adults. It was like geriatrics. Like mm. it was everybody. Everybody's just doing it. Makes it me feel super no gross. Come on, guys, be safe. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the message I learned at a very very young age from LL Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> You wrap it up, and uh, I feel like that's that should be Tony Stark's next big message. Oh my god! And now I'm picturing like <laughs> Iron Man type, like those videos of Captain America. Like, so you got detention, <laughs> but it's like safe sex talk. Like, always use a condom, See, guys. <laughs> I, I I want that, but I want it to be Robert Downey Jr. and for some reason LL Cool J, but playing himself. <laughs> like, like it's like this is a this is a joint message from Iron Man and LL. Oh Remember, my kid. god! <laughs> like, it's like, Safe sex, Protect safe lives. Oh my god! <laughs> Be a superhero and <laughs> practice Good lord! All right, I feel like we should end there. Where can people <laughs> find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, people can find me at I Snow Nothing. Um, I don't know. I'm probably still gonna <laughs> excuse me. Still be talking about uh, Baby Yoda. I don't know. X Men, Baby Yoda. Yes, All definitely X Men. Uh, things I can. Try to be positive about it. I know. God. Um, you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find this podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. 
You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. We are on all the things that you can listen to us on. If you're a browser listener, you should go to butwhythopodcast.com and listen to us there. And I think that's it. Thank you all so much for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Bye. Bye. Bye.